This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Amen. Well, I've, I've got a message for us tonight, and I'll probably make it pretty brief because we've had a, you know, an abnormal time of worship, which is great. This is so much... Uh, this is what God wants for us tonight, is to be in His presence. But I'm going to go ahead and get into our message for a few minutes here. And uh, because I've told some of you what I'm preaching about tonight, and a bunch of you are like, man, that's what I need to hear. So we'll just go ahead and do this for a few minutes here. Uh, but <clears throat> the title tonight is this, if you're ready. It's, Love Thy Neighbor as Thyself. Now, I didn't come up with this. You know, Jesus said this. I didn't make this up. He said this. And, uh, and it's one of the most basic teachings of Christianity, right? Has anybody ever heard this phrase, love thy neighbor as thyself? Well, the truth of the matter is this, is that this is one of the fundamental key teachings, doctrines of Christianity is loving others as ourselves. And, and there's so many people even in this world. That they may not know that this phrase came from the lips of Jesus, but they say this. Well, you're supposed to do unto others, love your neighbor as yourself. And and they don't get it, the power that's in this. When a born-again Christian actually gets the revelation of loving your neighbor as yourself, God can start to use you. Don't worry about being used by God. Don't worry about, don't sit there and pray, God, use me, you know, send me to the nations, you know, send me to a worldwide ministry, send your blessings upon me, use me, use me, use me. If you're, if you're a jerk, right? If you're mean to people, if you treat people bad all the time, don't sit there and pray for God to use you to go evangelize the world when you can't talk to your husband or wife, right? When you gotta be mean to them every time you say something and you expect God to send you to go win the continent of Africa? But you can't even be nice to your own family members. Okay? Love thy neighbor as thyself. And I, I love the topic of love in the Bible, of agape, because this is a, something that applies to every single Christian, period. I think this is the most broad, universal topic that, that Jesus gave us, is this, is the topic of loving and forgiving other people and treating other people right, because this applies to every single one of us. Why is that? Because we all deal with other people, right? Come on, do we all deal with other people? And how many of you, the other people that you deal with, are 100% of the time nice to you? <laughs> You got it. That's right. And that's the key thing. This would be easy if your neighbor was nice and loving and kind and beautiful. But the problem is that so often our neighbor is not loving, kind and beautiful and wonderful to you. So there is a challenge in this. But when we can start to work on this area in our lives, God can start to do something with you. But he's not going to use a jerk to win the world. He's not going to use somebody that's mean to other people to go out and, and you know, have this great ministry and, and have this great purpose in life. You have got to live by this. And so tonight, I am going to make this, I'm going to get to the point tonight, all right? But there's three things that we're going to look at, and these are all three direct quotes from the lips of Jesus. These are all things that he himself said. They are words in red from him. And the first thing is simply this, number one, what we just said, love thy neighbor as thyself. You want to say that with me? Love thy neighbor as thyself. And what I want to look at here is Matthew chapter 22. Matthew 22. Amen? Amen. Now, uh, 
we got a lot of us going down to the Holy Spirit conference together this week. Have you have you heard about that? Heard, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun now, but you realize we're going to all be together all week, right? Which is good, all right? <laughs> but we got to love each other, right? I may get on your nerves if you've been with me for a whole week. I know that's hard to believe, but I can get annoying after a few days. Family vacation, that's right. <laughs> that's it. But, uh, but Matthew 22, verse 39 of the King James, it says this, And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Now, this isn't just some cute phrase or the golden rule. Have you ever heard? Well, that's the golden rule. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Do one to others. And th- I mean, and that's a great golden rule to live by. But do you realize, do you recognize that this is the very word of God? This is Jesus in the New Testament telling you, I've got two commandments for you. Love thy neighbor as thyself and love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. But he says right here, love your neighbor as yourself. This is Jesus talking to us this is not just some cute phrase not just something that 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 we made up to try to get people to be nice to each other this is a direct commandment from jesus now you may notice as new testament christians you only have two commandments right i mean i love the ten commandments those are good and you know i follow those but in the new testament he said i've abolished the law of the of the prophets he said there's two commandments for you Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. Why is that? Because this fulfills all that is written in the commandments and in the law of the prophets. That fulfills everything. Why is that? Because if I love God, I'm not going to put other things before him, am I? I'm certainly not going to use his name in vain. If I love him, that's, that's, that's awful. And if I love other people, if I love my neighbor as myself, I'm not going to steal from them. Kill them? Commit adultery with them? I'm, there's also, I'm not going to do any of these things that the Bible commands me not to do simply out of love. And so when you focus on loving other people, I don't have to sit around every day, Lord, help me not kill people today. Lord, help me not kill people today. I pray that I don't murder anybody today, Lord. I pray that I don't steal from anybody today, Lord. I pray that I don't cover their possessions, Lord. I don't have to really focus on that if I'm focusing on love, Right? Amen. And so, yeah, I mean, you know the Ten Commandments, but if you study the books of the law, and you know, Lemuel definitely is an expert on this, but there's hundreds of commandments and there's hundreds of laws that were given to the people, and it's all good stuff. I mean, it's, it's helpful stuff, but isn't it great that if I love God and love people, I don't have to sit there, did I break this commandment? Did I do this? Did I do that right? Did I? If I'm loving God, if I'm loving people, I'm fulfilling all of those things. And so Jesus right here said, if you were to read the previous verse, he says, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, and mind. And the second commandment that I have for you is like it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. This covers every law. This covers Every commandment that was ever given to curb sin. These two things. Loving God and loving people. Now, I think sometimes with a deep teaching like this, this is deep, this is heavy stuff. This is deep. Sometimes we have to break it down, you know, to to the elementary level, right? And so, what is Jesus saying right here? If you don't want somebody to do it to you, don't do it to them. Isn't that deep? That's heavy. That is, wow, I think I need to take a seat. That was so heavy. But, 
But seriously, this is so simple. If you don't like people doing that to you, don't do it to them. Do you like it when people yell at you? Is there anyone here that likes that? Okay, well then, okay. Then, then don't yell at other people. Does that make sense? You got it. Do you like it when people, you know, say bad words to you and call you names? Do you like it when your spouse does that to you? Don't you love that? No? Okay. Then don't do it to them. Do you like it when somebody says they're going to do something for you and then they don't end up doing it for you? They break their word. Do you love that when that happens to you? Okay, then don't do it to them. Don't do it to us. This is so basic. That's why Jesus, he made it so simple for us right here where he said, love thy neighbor as thyself. And this is something that we teach the children in children's church that they've got to get. But Jesus right here, he, he made it simple for us. And, and I, I, you know, I, I, can, I can testify that growing up in a large family, uh, you, you learn what it means to walk in love and forgiveness. Anybody in here, you have brothers and sisters? Come on. It's the best, isn't it? No, it's not. But it is. It's good. <laughs> but let me say this. Altogether, there are eight children in my family. And there was one El Baño growing up. One bathroom. With a eight children. Fortunately, the Lord blessed us and we lived in the woods, much like this picture right here. So, you know, God had ways of taking care of our different needs and whatnot. I hope I'm not killing the spiritual environment that we've cultivated, but amen. But, you know, when there's one bathroom and eight or ten people in your house, you learn to walk in love and forgiveness and to do unto others because you, gotta, you have to. It's difficult, right, when, when there's that many people around all the time. And I can say this, that when you, when you can learn to love the people in your own household, then you're ready to start working on the rest of the world. But there's so many people, as we said earlier, that they, they're just, they want God to use them, and they've got all these big plans, and, well, you know, why isn't this taking off? Why isn't this idea going anywhere? Why am I still stuck in the same place? Well, maybe it's because you can't even treat the people right that you live with inside of your house. And yet you're expecting God to just send the blessings and send you millions and send you to, to, to all over. Listen, love thy neighbor as thyself. Well, then, you know, that brought up the topic one time. Someone said, all right, Jesus, who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? And he told him, listen, everybody's your neighbor. Every other person, I'm, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but everyone's your neighbor. Other human beings are your neighbor. And so that's what we're talking about, loving other people. But the second thing I want to say tonight is this. Number two, again, you know, we're just going through the words of Jesus here. He said, if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. Like, why do you say that? That's not very nice. That, that doesn't sound cool. But, but I want to show you something right here. In Matthew chapter 5, we're mainly going to be in the book of Matthew here. Matthew chapter 5, and we're going to look here at verses 21 through 22. But what we're talking about tonight is loving other people. Now, Jesus did just give us these two commands, but it just so happens to be that these are difficult to keep, right? It's difficult to love other people all the time. It's difficult to forgive other people. It's difficult to treat other people how you want to be treated. That's a difficult thing to do. It really is. And I know, you know, this phrase we're going to look at here. Well, let's look at Matthew 5, 21 and 22. Jesus said, you have heard that our ancestors were told you must not murder. 
if you murder, if you commit murder, you're subject to judgment. But I say, if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. What? If you call someone an idiot, you are in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you are in danger of the fires of hell. Now that, I mean, that sounds like some pretty harsh stuff right there. Now, I believe in grace. I get that. I, you know, I believe in the grace of God. And, you know, we have a lot of people these days that are super into the grace of God, so much to the point where they take it to an extreme level. And so they say, oh, you know, there's no commandments for it. I heard a preacher the other day say, sin isn't even an issue to God. He doesn't even care. And I was sitting there while the guy said it. I was sitting in his service while he preached that. God doesn't even care about sin. Well, I beg to differ on that one. I realized that, you know, God's not going around ready to pounce on us all the time. I believe in the grace of God. But what you don't realize is Jesus gave us these two commandments. But do you realize that these are not the easiest things in the world to keep? In the Old Testament, it's an eye for an eye, right? Hey, you poke my eye, then I'm, I'm allowed to poke one of yours too. You know, you break my tooth out, I'm allowed to break it. I mean, if fair is fair, right? But Jesus said in the New Testament that if you are even angry with someone, you're subject to judgment. In the Old Testament, they said, you know, if you murder someone, then you're, then you're subject to judgment. But as Christians in the New Testament, in the New Covenant, he says, if you're even angry with them, I don't even want you to go around being angry with people. That sounds pretty, I mean, that sounds pretty hardcore to me, right? I mean, we're free and we're full of grace and I get all that. But this sounds pretty hardcore to me. And he says, if you call someone an idiot, you're in trouble. You should be brought before the courts. And if you curse somebody, you are in danger of the fires of hell. That sounds like Jesus is pretty serious about this stuff. It sounds to me like like he's taking this whole love and forgiveness thing to a whole new level. He may have abolished, you know, the, you know, the, the, the laws and, and, and all this stuff that he talked about, but it sounds to me like he takes this thing very, very seriously, and I think he made it more strict on us in a lot of ways, right? In the Old Testament, you're told to avoid evil, but what's it tell us in 1 Thessalonians? He says, avoid even the appearance of evil as a New Testament Christian. That's pretty harsh. That's pretty strict. And he says right here in the Old Testament, you were told, don't commit murder or you're guilty. But I'm telling you in the New Testament, don't even be angry with other people or you could be subject to judgment from God. That's some, that's, that's a fine line to follow right there. And, uh, and one thing that I, that I really noticed out of these verses right here that I want us to get a hold of tonight, this is what I really want you to grab a hold of, is we have to guard our mouths. Anybody? We've got to guard our mouths. I mean, you know, and this is like such a, this topic of guarding your mouth, okay? We could preach on this for weeks, months, and years probably, okay? Because we all have issues with this particular subject, right? And the book of James tells us that, hey, if anybody could control their mouth all the time, they'd be a perfect person. They could control themselves in every other way. He says that the mouth may be one of the smallest parts of your body, yes, yet it can do the most destruction. Your words from this mouth, that can hurt someone a lot worse than your fist can. It can. I mean, you, you know, a bruise eventually goes away, but the words that we speak to people can hurt them for years to come. And James said, you're, if, if you could control your mouth, you could control yourself in every other possible way. And then here's Jesus right here, and he says, you can't even call someone an idiot. 
He says, if you curse someone, you're in danger of the fires of hell. Well, uh, uh, controlling your mouth can be hard, but Jesus is very, very strong on this particular topic. Has anybody else noticed that? And the book of James, which I'm referring to a bunch right now, the book of James is Jesus' brother. This is one of Jesus' brothers, and they both hit this topic. If you study the four Gospels, you'll see Jesus time and time again warn you about controlling your mouth. And that's one of the main things that James talks about in his book. Control your mouth. Control your mouth. You know, it says, and, and from the same mouth come blessings. The same mouth that sings praises to God. We're all just up here worshiping God and praising Him. Is the exact same mouth that goes out there and curses somebody else made in the image of God. James said, that's disgusting. These things ought not so to be. How can you praise God with these lips and then curse one of his children who he made in his own image? Do you realize we're made in the image of God? You realize that? And and so you're going to praise him and say, I love you, I worship you, but man, this guy's an idiot. And This guy looks just like God. He's made in God's image. Lord, you're beautiful. You're ugly. What? Why would you do that? that? That's an oxymoron. And I mean, that that does not make any sense. And James said, this shouldn't be happening. You're praising God one minute and telling him how beautiful and awesome he is. Then you're cursing the very people that he made in his image. You are cursing his sons and his daughters with the same mouth. And listen to me. I've got children and I love them. And if if you say mean things to them, I take it personally to me. And you get that? Parents, are you like that? I mean, if you call my kids a fool, you might as well have just called me that. And we're sons and daughters of God. And you expect to walk in the blessing of God and treat his kids bad all the time? Father, bless me. Father, I love you, Father. And then you're going to be mean to his kids. And I'll tell you what, it's not a good way to get on my good side to be mean to my kids all the time, but then be nice to me. I don't like you. Right? Come on. I, I love my neighbor. But if you're, if you treat my kids bad, I don't really like you that much, even if you're nice to me. If you smack my kids around, then you come and, you know, give me, uh, you know, money. I, that, that doesn't make up for it. I'm still going to be upset. And here we are, treating our brothers and sisters, treating God's children bad, but still saying nice things to Him, and really genuinely expecting to walk in the blessing of God. Doesn't work that way. And this is deep stuff, isn't it? I mean, this is earth-shattering, life-changing stuff right here. But listen to me. We have got to get a hold of this. This is basic Christianity. We have got to learn to control our words. I know some people, they don't control their mouth, but their mouth controls them. Their mouth, they, they say all kinds of crazy things. They, they just, anything that comes into their mind, they say. And I know some people are like, well, I don't have a filter. I'm just the guy that everybody knows. I just say what I feel. And that's... That may be you, but listen, let me just tell you, other people probably don't like you very much. <laughs> I'm not down with the, I just say whatever I feel, and I don't care who thinks what. All right, you, that's, hey, that, it's your life. You live it how you want to live it, but I'm telling you, you are probably not going to have that many friends and influence that many people in your life. There's a lot of things that come in here that I don't say. I don't say everything that comes into my mind. You know, I don't. Because you've got to get control of it. And, and you know, so it's nice to be honest. You should be honest. Yes, we don't lie to people. But that doesn't mean that every little thing that comes into my mind, I can tell everybody about. if it's mean. 
Because guess what? Sometimes mean things do come into Pastor Dave's mind. They do. But I don't tell everybody the mean things that come into i got to learn to control that stuff, man. You get yourself into a mess if you don't learn to control your mouth. And so that's what I'm trying to get at tonight. Let's look at Matthew chapter 12, verses 34 through 37. Amen. I, I, just, I believe that we do need to hear this tonight. Matthew chapter 12, verses 34 through 37. We have got to start, if you want to get on the Father's good side, you've got to start treating his kids right. You've got to start treating your brothers and sisters the right way. And it starts in your own household. And the more people that are in that household, the harder this is to do. But you can do it. Amen? Thank you for your thunderous agreement there. That was Wow. All right. Matthew 12, verses 34 through 37 in the New King James Speaking of, of sweet words, Jesus says, you brood of vipers. <laughs> How can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it. In the day of judgment. For by your words you'll be justified and by your words you will be condemned. And so Jesus tells us right here that, hey, you say whatever you want to say, but realize this. You will give an account for every idle word you've spoken in the day of judgment. Wow, that's a sobering thought, isn't it? That, that's something to think about right there. Because we say, oh, it's just words. I just say, I, you know, just it's no big deal. Well, apparently to Jesus, it's a pretty big deal. And this verse, I mean, verse 36, it gets me, man. Where it says, on the day of judgment, you will have to give an account for every idle word you've spoken. What is that conversation going to look like? I try to, I mean, I try to imagine this conversation already when I have to literally stand before Jesus. And, you know, I've, I've said it this way, but I, here's how I picture it. Maybe I'm way off, but, but I, I picture that I get up there and I'm standing before Jesus. And I, I picture that he has a big plasma screen, you know, 65-inch TV, and he's going to play back scenes from my life. I'm going to show you a few things here, Dave. Can you uh, roll, the, roll the footage? And then, you know, he plays back some scene from my life when I said something really stupid. And he's like... I'm going to need you to explain that one. You've got to give an account for that. Can you, uh, can you explain that? What are you going to say? Well, uh, er, uh, what had happened was, he, now he made fun of my mom, okay? He did, I did say that, no doubt about it, but it was justified, Jesus. I, he made me mad, so he deserved to hear those dirty words. Do you, do you think that Jesus is going to say, Oh, okay, I'm Jesus, and I know all and see all, but I didn't know that he said something mean to you first. I didn't know that. It's okay. You did the right thing by cussing him out. Good job. Is anyone here dense enough to think that Jesus is going to tell you good job for... No, it's not going to happen. I'm just, I don't, I don't want to... Spoiler alert here, but he's not going to tell you good job for cursing at other people. It's not going to happen. And he's also not going to tell you good job for, for, for you know, putting someone down. Or you put them in their place. No, you know, I don't think that's going to happen either. It says you will give an account. And so after I read this verse, 
I mean, I really start considering the words that I'm saying to other people and about other people, whether they're there or not. You should consider because they may not hear it, but know this, Jesus hears what you're saying. Again, this is not deep. This is, I mean, they, they probably taught this to the nursery kids this morning. Jesus knows all and sees all, and he hears what we're saying, and he wants you to explain that to him someday, why it is that you said that. You are going to have that conversation. Now, is that going to be a pleasant conversation, or is that going to be something that we should be dreading right now? Well, I think all of us have some words that we've spoken that we should ask for forgiveness about. Because I think sometimes we're just so used to, you know, flying off the handle, we're so used to just saying whatever that we don't really... Now, I, I, we believe in forgiveness, okay? I believe that if you've repented and, and, and asked for forgiveness and truly repented, then this conversation with Jesus, it's, it's washed in the blood. But this is talking about the words that we speak so freely and don't even think twice about. And there's a lot of times that we've said things and we are so used to putting down on people. We are so used to treating our family mean. We don't even ask for forgiveness about it anymore. Jesus wants an explanation. He wants to hear about that. He, wa- he wants you to personally talk to him about that. It's kind of, I mean, that's, that's something to think about right there. Parents, how are we talking to our kids? They're people too. Right? You know, hey, listen, I've got four of them. Thank you, yes. <laughs> I, I understand. It is difficult. I just did a five and a half hour plane ride with four kids. That was fun, wasn't it? <coughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't fun at all. But guess what? Even if your kids are annoying you, even if they're, you, they're children of God. They're his kids before they're your kids. And I think way too many parents just get too loose with, with you know, insulting their kids and, and, and all this stuff, treating their kids harshly with their words. You're like, well, I'm going to talk to them. I've got to control them. I've got to discipline them. Yes, you do. But listen, I'm just saying, Jesus wants to hear about it someday. He's going to talk to you about it. So you just keep that in mind. Keep that in mind that for every idle word you speak, you are going to have to give an account of it in the day of judgment. Your words tell a deeper story about you. What does that verse 34 says? Check this out. He said, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So whatever is in your heart will eventually come out of your mouth. Do you understand that? I mean, you don't have to spend that much time with somebody to realize what's on their heart. If they're, if they're a bitter person, bitterness will come out of their mouth, right? If they're a loving, kind, tender, compassionate person, it comes out of their mouth. But from out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And, uh, I mean, I, this is what God wanted us to hear tonight. I know this for sure. This is what God needed to remind us of. And so the third thing I'm going to say is this. And this is one of my favorite teachings from Jesus because... It's four simple steps all at once. And I am a outline guy. You guys know that. I love, I like it when I can just write down the numbers in my Bible. Four things Jesus said. Love, bless, do good, pray. Love, bless, do good, pray. And if you can remember this formula, you'll know how to treat an enemy because this is how he told you to treat your enemies. Love, bless, do good, pray. Matthew chapter 5, let's look here at verse 44. Matthew chapter 5, verse 44. Check this out. Matthew 5, verse 44. 
And this comes from the Sermon on the Mount, the most famous sermon of all time. I would have loved to have been there for this one. But this is the most famous sermon that has ever been preached in the history of the world. And, uh, and Jesus right here, Matthew chapter 5, verse 44, he breaks it down about how you're to treat your enemies. He says, but I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Yeah, who thinks that sounds like fun tonight? You're right, it doesn't. It doesn't sound like fun. But it's the right thing to do. It's the right way to handle dealing with difficult people. And so I'm going to break down these four steps quickly, and then we'll go ahead and, uh, and close in prayer. But the first thing that Jesus said to do for an enemy is you got to love them. Why would he say that? That's not fun. Love your enemies? And what you got to realize here is we're not talking about superficial Words, we're talking about agape, unconditional love. He said, agape them. Unconditionally love them. Even if they're mean to you, love them. Wow. The way that they treat you does not change the way that you treat them. I mean, this is hard. This is difficult. But Jesus did it. He was dying on the cross and he said, Father, forgive them. For they don't. He, even at that moment, he still followed what he was preaching right here. He says, agape those who are your enemies. Love your enemies. And what's so interesting about this is, this isn't what they had been taught. This, this, was, this was a new teaching to them. You know, we've heard this, our, you've, maybe if you've grown up in church, you've heard this your whole life. But Jesus right here, this is earth-shaking stuff to them because they were taught an eye for an eye. If someone steals, it's okay. You know, if, if they poke your eye, you're allowed to get them back as long as it's fair and even. You're allowed to do unto them as they did unto you. But here he is in this teaching with the disciples and all these people of the Sermon on the Mount. And he says, I am telling you right now, you've heard it said, an eye for an eye. You've heard it said that you can get back at people, but I'm going to tell you something new. I'm telling you right now to love your enemies. And I can just see people falling off of the rocks they were sitting on. What? You kidding me? Love our enemies? That, that, that is crazy. God unconditionally love our enemies? Moses didn't say that. Moses said we could pay them back. Moses said an eye for an eye. But you're telling us to love our enemies? Because look at verse 43. He said it right there. You've heard it said you shall love your neighbor but hate your enemy. They were allowed to hate their enemies. But Jesus says, no. That's the old way. The new way. The new thing I'm teaching you is to actually love your enemies. Everybody loves people that are nice to them. That takes no skill at all. That takes no discipline. It's very easy for me to love all the people at church that are nice to me. Everyone here is nice to me. So I really have no love issues at church here. You all are great. I love every single one of you. What I have issues with is the people that cut me off when I'm pulling into Food for Less. I've got issues. I had issues when Walmart had those three parking spots. They've got... Thank God they added more because I was getting hard. 
But, you know, I've got issues out there. It's pretty easy for me. I don't know about you guys, but I have really have no love and forgiveness issues at church because everybody's super nice to me here. But it is a lot harder when people are mean to you to love them. But Jesus said, you got to do it. You have got to do this. You have got to love your enemies. Wow. This is talking about growing up as a, you know, being a mature Christian. And the next thing he said right here is this. He said, bless them. Bless them. Bless them that curse you. What does that mean? Well, I, 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 that always kind of confused me. How do I bless someone that curses me? Well, this is great. I, I looked up what this Greek word bless here is. It's eulogio, and it literally means speak well of. So someone curses you with their mouth, and then he says you speak well of them with your mouth. What? That's insanity right there. So you mean to tell me, Jesus, that this person that's saying mean, slanderous things about me at work, I'm to go say nice things and speak well of them? Do you realize how difficult this is? And and can you imagine the people's faces that are hearing this right here? And it's just like your faces right now. It's great. But he says he's telling you, when someone says mean things about you, when someone is spreading rumors about you, you're not to go spread rumors about them. You're not to say mean things to them. You're not to go and, and, and curse them out. No, don't, don't, don't curse those who curse you. Speak well of them who are cursing you. That is like, I mean, that, that is one of the most difficult things I've ever heard of in my life. Because especially in this day and age, we've got a whole lot of people, and I say this all the time, it has never been easier to slander other people. It has never been easier to curse and put down and make fun of other people than it is right now. You can be a complete sissy pansy and sit behind you know, your phone and destroy somebody with words that you don't even have to see them face to face, man to man. And we've got people all over this world that do that. But Jesus said, even if they're doing that about you, you speak well of them. That's deep. That's, that, is, that is one of the hardest things I've ever heard of right there. But do you, let me just ask this. How's it going for you when you curse those who curse you? Is that working out pretty well for you? Is that fixing it? I mean, is that just restoring your relationships and building the, uh, just a, a true deep foundation for your life? Okay, then why not give this a shot? I'm just saying, hey, if it's not working for you to repay evil for evil, if it isn't working out so well for you to curse those who curse you, why not bless those who curse you? Why, just give it a try. This week, I dare you to bless those who curse you. This week may be a difficult uh, week to do that challenge because we're all with each other all week. Let's start next week, okay? So, we're all going to be nice to each other all week, so I, I already know that. But, okay, next week, okay, uh, we're going to... Bless those who curse you. I remember this one time, this one job I had. Have you ever worked in an environment where everybody gossips and talks about each other and the night shift hates the day shift and the mid shift hates the... They all hate each other? Okay, I've worked in those environments. And so, this one place I worked, it was nothing but gossip and rumors and she said this about you and did you say... I mean, all day long. It was nuts! And after a while, I, started, I caught myself getting in on the rumor mill. And that's, that's awful. But, you know, people are like, oh, you know, of course they didn't. They work nights. They don't ever do their job. You're right about that. You are right about that. My people are lazy. 
you know, and just stupid stuff like that. And so, I, I mean, I was getting caught up in the rumor, and, oh, did you see what she said about her? No, what? So anyway, and I say this in the nicest way possible. It's mainly all women, but anyway, so, I, but I'm the guy there. So. I love you ladies. I'm just saying that's how, this particular job, I'm not saying that it's overall like that, but at this place it was. So, they gossiped, they, 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 I mean, the rumors, they was vicious, they're rare, all the time. And I'm like, I'm caught in the middle, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I heard that. Mm, you're right, girl. You know, it's bad. Bad! And so finally, I'm reading some of the, you know, I'm reading the Bible one morning, and I'm like, whoa, wait, we shouldn't gossip. We we should, I shouldn't be partaking of the, no wonder, I mean, I'm not walking in the blessing of God here. I'm, I'm, I'm gossiping. I'm, I'm, I'm part of the rumor. And so, sure enough, the next morning I get into work, and here come all the ladies. Did you hear what she said last night? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't quite that extreme, but anyway, and so there was, I'll admit, there was this one particular manager that I did not like. And, and so they come up to me with some juicy information about this lady. And, and my first thing is like, oh, here we go. I, I believe it. But then all of a sudden I was like, no, you know what? Don't even finish your story. I don't want to hear it. What are you, what are you talking about? She said it about you. I don't care. I don't want to hear it anymore. And you know what? From now on, ladies, you can just, whatever you got to talk about everybody else, I'm not going to do it anymore because it is wrong to gossip. And they're like, well, it's only gossip if it's not true. I was like, what? <laughs> no, that doesn't make it okay. Just because it's true doesn't mean you got to say it. And so anyway, they're like, you should, what's wrong with you? I, I'm, I don't want to hear it anymore because the more that I hear that stuff, I think about it. I become negative. I dislike people. I think bad about people. And so from now on, anytime you come to me with bad information about her, I'm going to say something nice about her. And so, you know what? She, and that was hard. <laughs> that was real hard. But anytime you come and say something mean, she um she has a nice car. She has it's a nice car. She's got a nice car. And that's mainly about one of the only good things I could say about her at the time. But still, I'm gonna bless those who curse me. And I challenge you, if you work in a toxic work environment where gossip and rumors are the norm, don't participate anymore. I think we need a bigger amen than that. If you work in an environment where it is nonstop gossip and rumors and this shift hates that shift and this, the, listen, remove yourself from that and you will be shocked how much better you feel. Yeah, that's right. You will be floored how much happier you are when you don't partake in gossip. They can talk about you and if you're not paying any attention, man, you're happy. You don't care. And, and that's what Jesus is wanting us to do. So, bless those who curse you. And then he says, do good to those who hate you. Anybody have someone that you're pretty sure hates you? Okay, uh, alright, <laughs> it's good. Uh, you know what you're supposed to do to them? Do good to them? Don't worry about, well, they hate me. Who cares? People hated Jesus. Think about this. When the soldiers were arresting Jesus in the garden that night, Peter cuts off the ear of one of the very guys that's taking Jesus to his death. And Jesus picks up the guy's ear off the ground and heals it and puts it back on his head. He did good to those who hated him. Wow. That's our example right there. Do good to those who hate you. And so, is this fair? No. 
But guess what, boys and girls? I found out by 30 years old that life's not fair. Quit worrying about... that. That's part of our problem in our generation. Everybody thinks everything's got to be fair. No, it doesn't. Life's not fair. Jesus said, I don't care if they're mean to you. You be nice to them. Well, that's not fair. So, I did it. Jesus says, I did it. Well, it's not fair that they have more stuff than me. Well, maybe they, maybe they decided to work a whole lot harder. That doesn't mean that we just got to give it to you because you didn't do the same amount of work as them. Life's not fair. A lot of things that Jesus is going to tell you to do, it's going to require more out of you than it is the other person. It's not fair. But that doesn't matter because it's right. I would rather do what Jesus said even when it's not fair because it's always for my benefit. Come on. It's always for my benefit. There is not one thing that Jesus told me to do that's to harm me. It's always to help me. And when he says, you just be nice when they're mean to you, then I'm going to say, okay, it's hard right now, but in the end, I am not going to regret doing what Jesus told me to do. I am going to be so much better off when I do what Jesus told me to do. There was a Baptist pastor during the American Revolution. His name was Peter Miller. He lived in Pennsylvania. And he was personal friends with George Washington. There was a man in the town that hated his guts. His name was Michael Whitman. He spread vicious rumors about him. He tried to run him out of town. This guy was basically his worst enemy. He was nothing but mean to Pastor Miller. But one day, Mr. Whitman, the mean guy, he was arrested for treason and was sentenced to death in Philadelphia. Well, the pastor goes 70 miles on foot through a snowstorm to plead before George Washington himself, you've got to let this guy go. I don't think he's guilty. And he pleads the case for the very man that was nothing but evil to him. And George Washington says, I'm sorry, I know what I'm looking at here. I can't spare the life of your friend. And the pastor says, my friend? This guy's not my friend. He's the worst enemy I've ever had in my life. He hates my guts. But I'm telling you, I think he's innocent. And George Washington says, you mean you walked 70 miles through snow to beg for the life of not your friend, but someone that's your enemy? I'm going to rethink this case. And so he rethinks it and he spares the life of this man that was nothing but evil to the pastor. They walked back from Philadelphia to their town, no longer enemies, but friends from that point forward. This pastor was willing to go do the right thing, to speak up and bless and be nice and love somebody that was nothing but pure evil to him. 70 miles through snow. Wow. He did what Jesus was wanting him to do. He did good to those who hated him. And the last thing Jesus said about how we're to treat other people, especially those that are mean to us, is pray for them. Can you imagine the difference? Just picture this. What difference would it make in your life if you started praying for your enemies instead of plotting revenge? It's super quiet in here right now. <laughs> I've never heard it this quiet in this church. <clears throat> Think about the difference that it would make if instead of plotting revenge, you took the time and you prayed for those who were your enemies, who didn't deserve it. You prayed for them. Can you imagine that? And when you begin to genuinely, genuinely pray for another person, 
Let me let you out on a secret. You start to see them as God sees them. I've done this in my life. There was somebody that I, I, I liked. They were a friend of mine, and they, they did me wrong. And so it bothered me very bad. And I thought about it. Have you ever had this situation? And it's all you can think about nonstop. You just think about it, think about it, think about it. And I, I finally came to this. You know what? I'm going to pray for this person every single time they come to my mind. I will stop what I'm doing and pray for them. And do you know that about every 30 seconds I would have to pray for them? I'd be driving down the road. Oh, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you do. <laughs> okay. The next exit. Oh, I can't stand him. Okay, you know what, Lord, in Jesus' name. And if I force myself every single time, 100% of the time, this person came into my mind, I would pray for them 100%. And after a while, I'm like, man, I feel sorry for that guy. Wow, he must be, he must be aching on the inside. He must, Lord, I, I feel terrible for this person. I started to absolutely love this person, and I started to see them as Jesus saw them. And so can you see why Jesus would tell you to pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you? Is he doing that to be mean to you and punish you? No, he's doing that to help you. He's doing that to change your heart and to protect you from the danger that comes from being a spiteful, revengeful person. That's for your benefit. And so when we can start to treat people like Jesus says right here, I'm telling you what, it will change your life. And so how do you treat somebody that's mean to you? Love, bless, do good, pray. Four simple steps. It's beautiful. Henry, you should write a rap about this. Give us a beat. Love, bless, do good, pray. Love. I'll do the choreography. Yeah. So, but love, bless, do good, pray. Love, bless, and and I'm telling you what, that may not sound like fun, but it's a lot better than what you've been doing. Because what we've been doing ain't working. We're paying back evil for evil, and it's just making everything go bad. It never solves the problem. And so my challenge to us tonight is this. We've had a great night of worship and everything else. But as we head into the week, tomorrow's Monday, you know, the world would say, back to the grind, back to work, back to school, back to whatever. Listen to me. This week, we're going to love our neighbor as ourselves. If you don't want someone doing it to you, don't do it to them. If, if, if someone speaks mean of you, you bless them. You eulogio them. What's that? You speak well of them. Amen? If someone spitefully uses you, you're going to pray for them. If they persecute you, you're going to pray for them. You are going to do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And I bet you, by if you really do it, by the time Friday gets here, you're not going to be as miserable as you usually are. You're not going to feel as depressed and angry and hostile as you usually do. You're going to feel a whole lot better than you normally do if you'll do things Jesus' way. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Amen? Let's go ahead and stand up together. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.